Welcome to another episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoop Magoo. And I'm Elaine. And uh, we have a fun freewheeling episode for you all. These are, um, you know, fun, uh, topic-free episodes we like to do um, once in a while, just kind of let our natural conversation flow. I mean, that's an earlier incarnation of this podcast that was kind of just what we did. We just let our yep. natural. That's kind of why we started a podcast in the uh, <laughs> in the first place, is because we just we had these great music musical conversations. And it's like why not record it and see if people people care as much as we do about the niche <laughs> musical topics that guess, we discuss. Guess what? No, nobody does. No. Hey, you, you know what? At least at least it's out there. Um, yeah. And no, actually, we're, that's definitely, that's we were just way. talking before we got on that it, it's it's been fun recently to start with. Um, Start with albums of the week and see if that kind of sparks any conversations. So, Elaine, why don't you kick us off? What uh, what is your album of the week? Uh, so I wanted to try to talk about something that I listened to today. Talk about something that actually really affected me. Uh, I would say this album did, but probably not as much as I would have preferred. Just because, uh, just a lot of a lot of stuff is going on in my life right now. So, mm-hmm. uh. All I can say is just thank God for music. Uh, but anyway, so my album of the week is uh, Stars of the Lid. It's uh, their, their, I guess their last album, their final album in a way, because they have yet to follow this up. It's called uh, And Their Refinement of the Decline. Uh, it's a two-disc, ambient, drone-ish, almost modern, classical-ish type of album. Um, it's super peaceful. It's just very nice to listen to. It, it's it's like a solid two hours though so like you, you you're like sitting in your chair and you're you're just kind of wishing for internet <laughs> sometimes though I, I i do love the music of it so um nice yeah <laughs> all that rambling to say yes um what about you <laughs> yeah so i have uh as I, I am off to do i have a bit of a story uh behind my <laughs> my pick um so I'm getting really into the well. I mean, let's get probably cart for the horse. Uh, I've been getting into the idea of the 33 and a third series. Um, oh, and, have you read any of the books? Well, that's why I said cart for the horse because I only bought one and I've read one, so it, I, it's kind of hard to say. I've been getting into it. Um, yeah, I guess technically that's true, but uh, this one in particular really jumped off the page because, as far as I can tell, it, it's it's maybe the only one or one of the only books that took um the specific approach and also it helped that it is written by uh john darneal and you know of, <laughs> of, of the mountain goes which is he's kind of become come my uh my john zorn so to speak in terms of just like my affinity for him and his um you know his music and his, his approach to the art that he creates yeah. um but this one was interesting because uh he, he had a bunch of different odd jobs as, as is you know common for musicians uh and i believe he worked at a um a mental institute for kids i think or oh. like it was some, some kind of or like for teens adolescents you're just kind of like i think he was a nurse of, of some sort uh so he wrote this 33 and a third as a he structured it like a journal and the protagonist is a uh, a teen who had been you know institutionalized and then later on he's writing you know more in this journal after he, he finds it as an adult um, and part of it, he incorporates not only just, you know, kind of sharing the narrative of, of his, you know, mental health journey and just in general, his life, but he uses it as, as an excuse because he's writing the journal for, you know, whoever his, like the lead counselor is. Uh, but he just starts talking about this one album, this one band that he is infatuated with. And the album in particular he talks about is Master of Reality by Black Sabbath. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it's really interesting how... He approaches it. I will say the first half of the book when he's in the asylum and or the hospital, um, he does a really, really great job of writing as a like teenage boy. Um, and it's very believable. Unfortunately, teenage boys often don't write super well. 
So mm-hmm. it's definitely believable that you're reading it like a you know like a 15, 16 year old boy's journal, but it's like there's you know excessive swearing, really bad sentence structure. But then as an adult, I feel like it, it kind of makes it complete. It kind of brings it full circle, and there's some really nice. Uh, I assume just Darnell weaving in his own personal experience with the album, um, you know, on into you know this this character's vantage point. Um, and so I listened to the album before reading the book, and then after. Uh, definitely gained a newfound appreciation for. It. I, I always enjoyed it, but I hadn't listened to it as as closely as I had, you know, this time. And it is really interesting how this kind of gets pegged as their like their doom album or like their stonery album. When really, um, Sweet Leaf is the only song that like has like a, a super distinct like yeah. stoner doom sound and like it's, it's a great track uh but that's actually something <laughs> yeah exactly that's something he talks about in the yeah. um the book is, is that it doesn't really fit you know as as well as um as i remember just because I, I think that a lot of times i revisit the album just to, like for that track because it, it is such a great song um but it's just every time i listen to black sabbath it it definitely makes me want to listen to more Black Sabbath. They're one of the few bands that whenever I, I put on, because um, I also have their self-titled on, on vinyl. So like anytime I put on one of their albums, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh, like I really got to listen to more of them. They're one of the few where I actually do. You know, I, I usually yeah. I take one of my other, you know, other, other CDs or vinyl, you know, whatever I was listening to and put it on and, and really absorb um, just that much of an impact they clearly had. You know, like they obviously had such a unique... Um, contribution to metal it's it's very clear um uh, clear where their their place was in the the launch of the genre and just like how how good their music still sounds you know some some formative rock bands kind of to me sound a little bit dated but i just i think that they still sound great and it was really interesting to have that kind of unique framework to listen to the album yeah Uh, and i i kind of want to um Obviously, there's a ton of them, and I don't know if every um, if every album would really be well my thing. If, but if I remember right, if we're I mean we're talking about thirty three and a third now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've never heard of someone using one of those books as like with a structure like that. Yeah. Like I, I always thought that they were kind of like almost like jerk off letters to albums in a way. Um, and I, I mean, I, I can get around that. Like I, I, I can get all over that, but I, yeah, I was just, that, that's just very surprising to me that they would allow that. Um, and not that I, like, I think it's cool that they allow that. It's just, it, it definitely begs the question now, like, it, because I, I've always heard like mixed things about 33 and a third, because I think some of them are just like, like I said, just like kind of like overtly masturbatory in favor of the album not really talking about it in any sort of critical light um but then you have something like this or like um one of my mentors uh wrote a book that was kind of like a memoir but it was a uh sort of about um this book i think it's called under the volcano if i remember right like the 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 book that he's writing about um which I don't know. It it, it just that just kind of came to mind anyway. Yeah. So what, what other thirty three and third books are you are you looking at then? Um, there's. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that I recently bought um, a Led Zeppelin box set with all you know all their studio okay. albums. Yeah. But on the back of the book, they they I don't remember who the author was, but they have one for uh, Led Zeppelin four, which I think mm. would be cool to. Um, to read. Uh, Speaking of, uh, did, 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 I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of going a mile a minute here, but did you ever uh, get to listen to like the last few Zeppelin albums? No, I, I haven't. Um, I made it up through four, and then it yeah. just it was a lot of it was a lot of uh, blues rock. <laughs> it was a lot of it was a yeah. lot of a, a lot of uh, riffs and loud vocals, and, and so I just I, I kind of got to a different. Um, a different mood but it's it's going to be interesting because i haven't yeah. i haven't really i'm just i'm trying to think back as we're talking I, I definitely started out originally i bought 
I went through a phase where I thought all classic rock was just like lame and old. So I sold all my Zeppelin CDs, um, <laughs> which is why for a long time I just like, I, I wanted to buy them back again. And I happened to see, it was, I think originally retails for over a hundred bucks and this one was only yeah. like 50 something. So it was, I mean, it's, it's a little, a little beat up, but I mean, all the CDs look good. Um, but originally I bought, you know, like the first four cause that's, you know, that's just the one everyone knows. And, uh, there's yeah. so many great songs in them. Obviously they're well loved for a reason. Uh, but I think after that, for whatever reason, I just, I just didn't get into those albums. I think definitely once you get past, um, was it like physical graffiti or yeah, I think that, yeah. I think I've listened to that at least once and uh, House of the Holy once. But you know, I think when you get to Coda and like the later albums, yeah, uh, I don't e- think... even like Presence. It's it's like yeah, like uh, I mean I I'm just curious because like not a lot of people talk about like in through the outdoor and coda and uh i i'm just like i don't know i just i just remember when i listened to them i i didn't think they were bad like it not not to say i I don't think anybody was like oh these are trash but you know they just don't get talked about as much as you know even physical graffiti for that matter uh you know it's just kind of strange um but I, 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 I guess I guess every discography kind of has to have like, you know, kind of like a loose stone, if you will. I I I don't know if that's even a metaphor, but <laughs> but just like I, I, you, you you need a little bit of a blemish, I think. Yeah, on I, a discography. I, I wonder. Um, I mean, maybe it's just because um, the first four albums have just such a. I mean, it's just it's, it's such a nice framework. Like you have the you know Zeppelin one two three four. They have such iconic album covers. Obviously, they have such iconic songs. Physical Graffiti um, is a pretty iconic album cover. Yeah, that's that's true too. So I mean, there's definitely some you know just you know kind of curious why, but I, I think part of it might be because um, that's kind of like a a nice framework for people to look at. Obviously, those songs have those albums have you know easily some of their most uh, like I I love immigrant immigrant song so yeah. much oh that's just for whatever reason that song always sticks with me obviously you know uh, that's how i feel about dazed and confused actually yeah i mean that, that um, again that's another great one and there's so many songs where i was like oh fuck i forgot the i forgot that led zeppelin wrote this this is great or like i forgot yeah. the song existed well, awesome. well like wrote with with you know quotation marks around it right <laughs> uh uh yeah no i I'm with you. I'm trying to think of some of the like because I only have four on uh, CD, um, and I remember I just took that from one of my friends, <laughs> like because he just didn't care. So I was just like, "Yep, mine now." Uh, <laughs> uh, he's not getting it back. Uh, <laughs> I remember at one point I had an ex ex uh, who well, I mean, obviously at the time we were dating, but one of her exes had left behind a bunch of like they didn't even have cases they were just like old like a bunch of like deathcore metalcore cds uh, i remember <laughs> specifically there was one for amur i think goodbye to the gal i forget the, the, some of their old album names and like i was so stoked about it and i like low-key wanted to take it but she was just like <laughs> nah like maybe it'll come back someday i was like hopefully not but then we broke up <laughs> like so oh the, 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 that that's a good sign yeah for, exactly for it was a relationship good, yeah i was like well then we broke up was, like whatever <laughs> but like it, it's it's definitely um I, I feel like that probably like in the heyday of like swapping and quote unquote borrowing CDs and, and vinyl and whatnot. It, it, that's actually one of the one of the components of, of the book, um, the Master of Reality thirty three to thirty. Yeah. Is that he he listed all the he had some of them on tape, some of them on, on vinyl, just because of and it was it was funny because it was set in the eighties. So like he he mm-hmm. was writing about like all like you know this one was cheap on used tape whatever it was it was like a fun flashback to a time that I think would have been fun to be alive, uh, but he said that he borrowed uh, I think Paranoid and Heaven and Hell I yeah. think from his friend and he was like so you know if you get it back to him that'd be great but like for now you know he <laughs> quote unquote borrowed it from my friend I wonder how often that happened that like you would borrow someone's LP and then it would just kind of like slowly become a part of your collection oh yeah i, I i've had that happen oh I, yeah. i've had that happen with books um like i i remember specifically there was this uh book on it was like dystopian short fiction that i let a friend borrow and i think she meant to give it back to me 
but I mean, I have not seen her since then. (laughs) (laughs) And I missed that book because it was a good collection. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to go back for a second to my statement that, that, you know, kind of, you need a blemish on your discography. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the thing that's been on my mind today that I actually really want to talk about right now is the new Mr. Bungle album. Oh, okay. I, I haven't listened to it, which is yeah. ironic because I've, I was telling Melanie that I have had a, a huge, you know, splurge recently buying new music. Yeah, a Mr. Bungle Awakening. Really into, uh, really into old Mr. Bungle and how each of their three albums is, is extremely unique and really, really I, really, really great. I, I'm still kind of mad at you, actually, about that, because the, those copies of Disco Volante and the self-titled, I was actually thinking of buying oh, <laughs> at one really? point. Oh, that's really funny. So, so, so you, you kind of rushed 2012 me, or 2112 <laughs> me, if you will. I didn't know that. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, also, I'm sorry, but... No, no, I, 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 don't worry about it, because I honestly, I, I have enough music for now, and, and until we go to bonus this weekend, so... <laughs> um. Was, oh, so but the new Mr. Bungle album. So like, I was I was actually pretty looking forward to this because I'm like, like, I mean seriously, but how would like would you really expect 2020 to be like? Oh yeah, Mr. Bungle's coming out with a new album. And <laughs> unfortunately, my intro because again, I, I I knew that they were just like a weird metal and metal adjacent band. That's all I knew about them. But when I found out it was just kind of a re-recording of their old thrash stuff, yeah, my interest really. Plummet, which is why I haven't listened to it. Don't listen to it. Okay. I'll say right now, don't listen to it. Um, there are just so many, so many issues that I have with this album. I think the biggest one is just like, why? <laughs> like, why re-record your your initial demo that, like, basically none of your fans really give a shit about. Like it. It just it just makes no sense on one hand, but also if you're gonna do it, why not just expand those songs more, include what actually makes Mister Bungle Mister Bungle, mm-hmm. arguably. But no, there's none of that. It is almost an hour's worth of just okay thrash metal. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was so disappointing, Scott. <laughs> I I went for a walk while listening to it, and I was just praying for it to be over frankly uh and again I, I i i it wasn't bad like it, it's not like i'm not looking at i don't listen to it and be like oh god this is the worst thrash i've ever heard it's just like like do, do you remember that mike Patton project that came out a couple years ago uh dead cross yes the one with like the skeleton yep. with like yeah this is basically like the sequel to it uh-huh. in a way like, like that's what it sounds like to me and there have been i actually read a review on rate your music that said pretty much the same thing or I think it was like one of the comments in Sputnik Music that they're they're just like yeah this is just basically the second Dead Cross album and it's just like yep yeah, it, it it is <laughs> like and I, I don't know if you read this but um, Dave Lombardo from Slayer and Scott Ian from Anthrax are session musicians on it yeah um, which like slightly like at first it slightly increased my interest but I think where I ultimately landed with it is. You know, like no one remembers Pantera, like the glam metal. Band. Yeah, and I think there's a reason it, 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 because except for that awesome album cover. Yes, but I think <laughs> typically bands who are good at making a certain kind of music tend to continue doing that to some degree. Um, so I feel like if they were good at making thrash metal, they probably would have. It probably would have. They wouldn't have made such the insane change that. Well, it, they, it's, it's not bad thrash metal. It's the thing. Like you know, I think if if they had you know tried to widely distribute like it as it sounds now back in the 80s they would have been like you know a pretty formidable thrash metal band like you know on like the level of like you know an exodus you know kind of that like yeah you, you know you, you kind of have some um star power but it, it's more like you're a band's band almost yeah um i get that I yeah, mean, like it's it, it's not bad. It's just, but but see, I when I was listening to it, I didn't know Scott Ian's complete involvement with it. Like I, because it sometimes it like from the articles I'd seen, it seemed like he was more of an active member. And I'm as I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh, these guys are pretty much just sucking off Scott Ian, huh? <laughs> but n- not the case. Uh, 
but it's just like i i just don't understand the reasoning behind it like i just don't understand what went through their minds that they're like oh yeah you know we haven't put out an album since like the 90s you know but like fuck it let's put out now but but let's take our demo and just re-record it <laughs> no and make it twice as long and i think that's what really kind of twist the knife or salt or whatever you want to use so to yeah. speak is, is, is twist the, the salt twist the, yeah that's what makes you twist the salt um, it, that, that's a good malaphor <laughs> um but because of the fact that they you know such a beloved uh, beloved cult band and i mean that's you know they had reunion stacked reunion shows with like really like eclectic lineups they had um which i think happened i don't i don't remember specific because i think it was before i, I don't hit. I'm not, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, either. I'm not sure. but I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I mean, in any case, you know, at least they had those planned. I forget the lineup specifically, but they were pretty, like, unique and cool. And, and it's, you know, they're back together. And then for them to be like, we're going to re-record material that's already out there. It's not, it's not even... I think it would be even a little bit different if um, they had released an album, like inspired by or like oh like we released it's, it's like new material but we were like you know in the mindset of our early thrash days but the fact that they literally just re-recorded material that people could hear um and like maybe it sounds better but i feel like i mean uh, production wise it's it's great i mean you know like it, it's not like it's like performance wise they're all like you know doing their best you yeah. know and like you even mike Patton is like you know, you, you really, you really feel like he's trying on it, you know, things like that. Like it's, it, it, it's like an admirable, it's like admirable musicianship, but like, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still just trying to think of like a good analogy for it because it, 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 it's, it's almost like if it's, it, it's like if Depeche Mode never like moved on from like their first album in a way. And they, they were just, you know, singing, you know, uh, just can't get enough just over and over again. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I, I think Pantera actually is a better example of just, like, because, like, they ended up finding their sound later on. Yeah. And it's just, like, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's like Pantera without, like, the fucking Dean guitars and the downtuned riffs, you know? And just, like, you know, getting punched in the face. <laughs> like, I don't know, it just... It, it, it just boggles the mind but at the same time like and i also read this and i agree with it uh from i think someone i think it was a rate your music review that they're just like you know what they're allowed to do what they want you know and you got to support that and i'm like i i do that being said i don't see myself ever listening to this album again and why it was marketed like this it is is just so weird yeah frankly. Exactly, and I think you know that's kind of why I've been wording it that like I you know I lost interest. Not that you know obviously there is a market for this. I also am not like the huge hugest thrash fan, so that that doesn't help. Like I think if it was their early death metal demos, I might be a little bit more inclined or early like black metal or whatever. Um, yeah. The fact that thrash, I mean, I enjoy thrash, but it's not one of my like core metal genres I listen to. Um, but I will say, yeah, it wasn't until relatively late in the. Uh, first of all, I don't even know how much that they... Maybe it was just me missing out, but like I don't feel like they marketed it in general that much. It didn't. Feel, it felt like that they started promoting it pretty close to release day. Um, but on top of that, I didn't know until... Uh, like I went to... I was putting, you know, putting together a release day roundup post for the, the blog. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta listen to that. And then I saw... I think it was one of the people submitted it. Said that like thrash question mark. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, like, is that a what? <laughs> I was like, is it a, like, is it I a mean, thrash album? And then I was like, oh, okay, that's a little disappointing. Yeah, I, I mean, I can kind of see the appeal from the side of like the band members because you know, think about like what they're what they've been doing, like you know, just getting more and more avant garde as the years go by. Because like Trevor Dunn is just like knee deep in everything Zorn. You know, Mike Patton just kind of, you know, kind of just does what he wants. Trace Bruins is busy doing Secret Chase 3. Like, like they, they're all, like, really into some weird shit. And so I feel like maybe the idea of just, like, playing something relatively normal for them is, is kind of a nice break. Mm -hmm. But, and I mean, see, I, I just don't even know how this would appeal to even, like, mega mr bungle fans but yeah i mean I, I i guess i'm not one of them so i really couldn't i i mean 
I don't know. It's just like, like I, I love Depeche Mode. I have every Depeche Mode album. That doesn't mean I'm going to go and buy like, oh, the singles collection, all the rarities. But like, I guess there are people like that out there. So I, I don't really want to like, you know, necessarily exclude their opinion from this. I It's just like the way, like it, 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 I just don't think it should be counted as an album, I guess is probably my takeaway from it. I, I mean, just almost by definition, it's it's kind of not just because a it's... yeah, but like the the like, like if you go into Apple Music, they're like they they have like a song by song breakdown by Trace Bruins. Wow, I mean, and it's it's just like what it's it's I mean, it's because of the name, it's because of the fact that you know, I mean, some fans have the, have the mindset of you know, it's it's new material from a band I love, you know, I'll I'll, I'll take, but it. it's not new material. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's, it's something. It, it's a new release of some of sorts. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, we, it, have this, it, we have this conversation, uh, or like a version of this, in a way, about uh, Opeth. Is that you know, like they are allowed to kind of do what they yeah, want like to do. That, that's different. Like you know, like uh, like Opeth might just be like kind of a, a a shitty progressive rock band now, but like at least, at, at least the material they're writing that is is actually new. Like you know, like like at least they're not at least they're not like oh hey well, let's go back to like way before even orchid and just like re-record that <laughs> yeah like it it, it kind of reminds me of like evanescence i i think it was evanescence did this uh a couple years ago where like they did like a greatest hits album or, or like they they like re-recorded some of their old songs and then only included like two new ones and then kind of build it as an album in a way that's super lame yeah like and it's i think it's i mean I, one who's asking for a new Evanescence album, <laughs> but but like two, like I I don't know, like con- considering how like meager their output is, like it's just like why why not just like give the baby its bottle? <laughs> and I, I think more what I what I meant with the uh, with the Opeth with Opeth is, is just that it's the whole obviously they can do they can do what they want to do, you know they're yeah. you know Michael Edgar Falcon whatever whatever floats his boat, great. Um, but it doesn't mean that fail. Like, I mean, I, I saw people comment, uh, this is back when I was with, um, the new review after Heritage came out, people saying that they were going to burn their Opeth merch, <laughs> uh, which is funny because like, okay, if you go back in time, you're like, well, strap in because it's not, it's not getting any better. Like prepare. Well, for, I, prepare I, for I, several... I, I wonder if there were people like way back who were like, after my your like my arms your hearse like the minute like they heard like still if they're like nope i'm done yeah no that, that's a that's a <laughs> blackwater <I'm>... park <laughs> that's bullshit <laughs> but yeah but I, I think like to be that upset at a band i mean obviously it stinks whenever a band you like is you know puts out a release that's either disappointing or not what you wanted or whatever but like i don't know yeah. it's, it's their it's it's their artistic deal and, yeah, and ultimately like, they have to deal with the you the need to listen to it at the yeah, end of the day exactly like, and it's you know again if enough fans don't like it that nobody shows up then it's like okay well maybe maybe that was maybe that wasn't the best idea but who knows yeah. but I think that is a really good point that I didn't even consider the fact that um, this is probably such a, a breath of fresh air for them considering all the different um, you know like Patton you know the fact that he does crazy shit all, you know all over the map this is probably oh, like yeah. a pretty relatively nice straightforward um, type of album for her, or type of release, whatever you want to call it, that you know, for him to be involved in. Um, I'm sure it was a lot of fun, and especially, I mean, getting yeah. well, those are some pretty big names to to get on a on a thrash project. Scotty and um, Dave Lombardo, like that's uh, that must have made it really exciting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like that part of it is really cool. Like it's the thing. I, I think if you're looking at it from the eyes of like a thrash fan, like this is like a pretty fun album to listen to. Oh yeah, but like. I, I think maybe if the name Mr. Bungle wasn't attached to it, you know, maybe it wouldn't, it would be a little different. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And, uh, I mean, it, it, not to mention, it was, it was so long. It, I mean, that's like, it was like 56 minutes. It, it felt long, even longer than that. Cause like, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think thrash albums should be like, you know, a little longer than grindcore albums but like not too much longer yeah because like i mean you're you're blistering through your songs really fast not to mention sort of the way you're playing it's it's like unless you're like i don't know like a fucking genius like you 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 know 
unless you put in some variance, you know, there's there's not going to be a lot of you know uh, difference song to song because you know you've got thrash beats, you know, you, you you've got the guitar track, you've you've got like that cadence, you, you know, that thrash cadence that all the vocalists use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like you know, it, you you would think Mike Patton of all people would kind of do it up differently, but like no, it's just like like thankfully like his performance is is really captivating in it like he's like sounds uber aggressive at times and like i think there was an end of like one track where he's just like he almost sounds like um like he d- does on the moon child album where he's just like <laughs> just, <laughs> which is such a nice nice uh like change in a way that being said i'm actually uh, gonna try to look for some phantom mass uh on sunday because I'm in the mood for, like, something patent-y. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, um, I think it's, like, a Monster Millennium 2000 or something like that. It was a, a live album that Melvin's and Phantom Ass did oh, together. right, right. Um, which, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's cool. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember it that much, honestly, uh, just because... Uh, you, you ever hear that, that Melvin's album? It's like a live album that's like all like... I think it's like a synth, uh, like improv, or it's like noise or something like that. I've heard of that. I mean, they, they have such a big... Dis- At one point, I was going to try to collect all their stuff, and then I just kind of was like, I'll take a break for a little bit. Because <laughs> Yo, I mean, as, much I as, mean, as much as I like the Melvins, it's like they they kind of they kind of do their thing. So well, just why don't you just do like the new studio albums? Like, like just like just do studio albums, or are you just are you? Is that just including that? Yeah, I just mean like the, the number of studio albums they have. Like I, I was you know, collecting them and listening to them, and I was getting really excited about it. Um, but um, it, it just after a while, like each new release, and it was only just because I was listening to them in such in such um, concession, you know, uh, succession. Um, I mean, I, I think they're they're a really cool band, and uh, yeah, I, I like that they they kind of offer that like straightforward rock sound, but like in a slightly different way. So like you you kind of you kind of get that vibe, but without feeling like you're you're losing your street cred, street cred, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I think if they were I, honestly, I think if they were less weird, they probably would have had a little bit more mainstream. Obviously, I mean, they're, they're well known. But like I think yeah. they probably would have been a little bit more popular if not for well, some of the again like they're they're kind of like a musicians band in yeah. a way like you know like I think they got famous because you know they were really close to Kurt Cobain yes and, and you know he would always have like you know T-shirts of like everybody I mean like you know think about like uh, Daniel Johnston before Kurt Cobain wore one of his T-shirts like you know like the, there's a significant change in his popularity. Like before and after, um, it's just interesting because I mean, I, Melvin's is a good band. I, you know, I, I like I, I just you know, if you ever noticed like that, there there are a lot of those like like I don't know. I've always used Tom Waits kind of as one of those like kind of like a musician's a musician mm-hmm. in a way that like he gets enormous respect, but a lot of it comes from his peers in a way. Yeah. Um, he, he... He had um, when I went to Newbury Comics the other day, uh, they had Tom Waits on, and it's just it's it's really difficult to not know you're listening to Tom Waits. Like, what, like, do it, you know what album it was? Um, I think they it was either Greatest Hits or they had a couple on because um, I didn't recognize the first few songs, but then they had uh, then it was sort sort of for trombones. Because I'll, I'll always remember um, Underground. Cause yeah. that, that was the first. I think it was the first album ever that i listened to because you had me uh uh either we had you had it on the car or or something and and i i was like fuck this is great (laughs) yeah i um the the only thing with with for some i maybe it's because i um i rip all my cds to my computer like with like really good uh quality so it ends up uh being a little like less compressed but like if i if it if anything from swordfish trombones comes on on like you know, like my like a favorites playlist. It's always like so much quieter than everything else. <laughs> so I I almost like invariably skip it. Mm-hmm. 
which I don't like to do because like Frank's Wild Years is is probably my favorite Tom Waits song. <laughs> but it's like it's so like it's so low that I like I almost have to like max out my volume just to hear, you know. Well, Frank settled out in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> And he hung his wild years on a nail that he drove through his wife's forehead. <laughs> I used to know like every lyric of of that song. He used he sold used office furniture down on San Fernando Road <laughs> and assumed a thirty thousand dollar loan for fifteen quarter percent, put a down payment on a two bedroom place. <laughs> God. See, I, I could keep going. I won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I keep chuckling. Like oh yeah, that's funny, Aline. And then like. We reach the hour mark and you're still reciting it. I'm like, oh, for, yeah. for the love of God! <laughs> no, no, I, I, I promise, I, I won't say anything. Else. Oh man, <laughs> they, n- nothing for the entire episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I? Oh, so you know, I for my album of the week, I was actually thinking of of repeating an album of the week, which I, I don't think we've ever done before. Um, I, I don't think so, actually, which is kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah I know. We, we somehow managed to like pull new stuff out of our ass. Every yeah, day. Uh, plenty of room. Uh, yeah, I, well, I was going to do um, uh, the Almond Brothers band uh, live at Fillmore East because I, I had that on last night, and by God, dude, it is such a great album. Like, if, if you see it at Bull Moose, like, if it's used, like, just buy it. Like, you will not be you will not regret it it's so well done it's like it it, 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 it's like blues rock if blues rock players like had like more like uh improvisatory skills i guess like and and they really wanted to stretch that shit out it's it's fucking amazing like it's what, the, what were you gonna say? They do. Uh, is it Rambler Man? Is that is that them? Yeah, or, no, that, that that's yeah. not on that. Like so, but but just like because I'm I'm trying to. I don't know if I listen to a lot of them, but yeah. I, I see, think... I I I haven't listened to them a lot either because of Rambler Man. Oh really? <laughs> I just don't like that song. Oh interesting. Um, yeah, but I, I remember one of my old roommates was like, "Dude, you, like, Almond Brothers are great." Etc. But but he was a huge Grateful Dead fan as well. So you know it was like, do you, do you take his opinion or not? And I ended up listening to it. Uh, you know I, I don't know if, if you remember this, but I, it was my album of the week a while ago because it just blew me away so much. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm actually looking for their album uh, Eat a Peach uh, this Sunday. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm just kind of looking around, seeing what's there. Um. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't listened to um I've listened to a lot of like that like I guess southern rock niche, so to speak. Uh, I did dive into I forget which Grateful Dead album I checked out, but it was it was because and again it was always a story with me. Um there's a lo- yeah. local brewery that had uh, I forget the name of it or, or like what the dead reference was, but they had like Was the, it Box of Rain? No, I I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to place the the reference but like the can art was was after you know the grateful dead skeleton and like it was in the same font style it was a good beer and i was like you know what? i should check out the grateful dead um it was whatever album truckin's on because uh, i think that one people consider their you know one of their best i have, um, I have no idea like the thing is like with, with the dead it's like you've got their studio albums but like half the people don't care about those because it's like the live shit that you want to get your hands on it's kind of the same thing with uh with fish is like people talk yeah, about yeah i mean it's like a whole jam band thing which yeah. i mean all my brothers were considered a jam band i guess i i don't really see it as much but i, I, I mean um, for me it's that's always been one of i think i wrote a post about it at some point that's always been one of my biggest pet peeves is uh people talk about like the live experience they put like a ton of weight in it and and basically say um you don't really get it until <laughs> you like you see them live uh, which actually this was you, fish was, was an example i was talking to someone this is back when i worked at the the music production company um where i said i don't really <laughs> what was fun oh you know what it was it, is he um we had like a, a setup where people could put on music like for everyone to listen to um usually people put on like um like jazz jazz fusion or or like like new like r&b hip-hop like um yeah you you know about the internet that's you know kind of like an offshoot they're like the r&b on odd future 
So like yeah, yeah. that kind of scene where it's like hip hop adjacent, but like singing it. It's you know it was it was pleasant for everyone. Well, this motherfucker puts on an hour plus long live fish album, and eventually, <laughs> eventually someone was like, "Okay, I'm sorry, like I'm sorry to whoever put this on, but like I can't anymore." And so we got talking about it after, and I was like, "Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really get that. It just kind of sounded like a lot of." A lot of like guitar wankery and just showing off, which I don't know if that's super off base to say. But he was like, "Oh man!" But like, you just have, you have to see them live, and it's like so like I'm not, I can't get it un- unless I put in well, the put in the effort to see this band band live. Scott, the, there, there's an asterisk at the end of that uh, because you have to see them high. <laughs> you have to see them high and live. It's like it's a full yeah. Because I I mean to, to be I I think seeing fish live is seeing them high. Because I, I don't think it's possible to go to a fish concert and not get, like, at least a little bit of a contact eye. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but, but like, to me, what always bothered me about you, you have to see them live. Um, it feels like a cop-out because, uh, obviously, it's it's almost a... Is it non-sequitur? Is that, like, the right... Either way, it's kind of a, it's a weird um, kind of sleight of hand because the live experience and the recorded experience are very different. Um, and there's, you know... Like, you're not allowed to have an opinion on a band unless, like, you you put in the effort to see a band live. And usually, like, if you're having this conversation, you don't like the band. So, like, why would you even want to go see them live? And then once you yeah. once you get to the live setting, I mean, the live setting is notorious for being inconsistent. Like, you know, bands have, you know, whereas, you know, when they put out an album, that's what the album sounds like. You know, I mean, maybe you have, like, shitty headphones or shitty speakers, but that's, you know, it's, you know. I, I think, like part of i the, the thing is like with jam bands like i, I almost want to say that like they're an exception to the rule and, and i say this not as a fan of jam bands but just because like I, I think there's something about having that live audience experience and sort of that interaction between musicians and the audience you know that creates something you know much much different than you could ever get like via just like a studio recording mm-hmm you know, it, and I think, like, especially with, you know, like, someone like Fish of the Grateful Dead, like, it's, they, they end up really playing, you know, I think they play the crowd in a way. Like, they, they sort of take the crowd's energy and sort of bring it into their own music. And, like, you know, it's like, you know, no song is ever the same, like, live with them. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it can be similar, but not quite. You know, and the, the, that's why you have like those hour-long jams and everything. Like yeah. you know, on if for for Almond Brothers, you know, um, Whip and Post, which is the uh, the final track on the album, is like over twenty minutes long. <laughs> it is it, it's it's fucking great, you know. But it's like it's, it's one of those things. That I, I, like not everybody likes it, but you can really hear them really like kind of taking the moment into their own hands. Like it's it's kind of like you know. It, like it'd be like seeing a free jazz artist as opposed to hearing them mm-hmm. on CD. Like, cause you, you, you don't know what changes they're going to make. You, you don't know what exactly they're going to do. And I think that's part of the excitement in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that, that, that that's part of what makes it different. Whereas like, you know, if you're going to see like, I don't know, like nine inch nails live, like it's, it, it'll be a good show, but like, you know, you know, that Reznor is going to keep it pretty, you know, like, to the books like you know he's, he's gonna keep it you know pretty normal so yeah actually my first concert was nine inch nails and he they were uh they were phenomenal live yeah um but i'm just i'm, I'm over the mind that i like when bands bring something unique to the material you love in the live setting yeah versus like you have to see them live and see them do you know like you know basically basically it's like a whole separate experience and you know that's cool like, i know people yeah, that's that's people's thing. That's people's vibe. You know, people people like jam band type stuff. Uh, just for me, as someone who took a relatively long time to like come around on guitar solos in general, not not really my, my yeah. Thing. And I, even still, I'm a little particular about uh, like I love love. You know, obviously, we talked we had a whole episode about this. I love when guitar solos bring something to a song, but when it just feels like hey, like I'm soloing now, uh, like. Um, this band, which I still, I, I, it's still amazing that Fantano loved one of their albums, but the band Polyphia, I think is a great example, um, where a lot of their songs just sound like, Hey, like I could play guitar really well. Fucking, <laughs> fucking listen to this shit. And then the, their music videos are just like, there's one called champagne 
where it's just the two guys switching off, like trading off doing guitar solos while like these really attractive women in nice dresses like walk around with champagne and like stare at them longingly. And it's like this this is this is bad. Like this is not <laughs> like this is really pathetic. I'm sorry. Like literally the whole point of this video video was like, hey, like I'm fucking I'm hot shit and I can play guitar. Like don't you like you suck. I mean that's kind of like I mean, it, it's not the backbone, but it, it's like a backbone of rock music. Like, I, I'm I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying everybody should like it, but like, it's it's definitely like a central, like a big part of the genre. Mm-hmm. It like it, it, it. In all fairness, it was the thing that that got me going because I was just like, "What is that guy doing? How can I do it myself?" <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I, I'm not even like I, I wouldn't even hide it. Like you know, um, I remember being into like Youngway Momstein <laughs> and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Like yeah. Jason Becker and like you know, like hearing Eruption for the first time was just like, like my my head had like caved in on itself. Like it was, <laughs> it was just awesome. Like I, I remember I, I would hang out with uh one of my friends because he knew all these like you know classic rock bands and I didn't. You know, and like, so we'd be talking about like, you know, Guns N' Roses and shit like that. And, you know, I, I wouldn't know anything. So he'd be like, oh, you ever listen to Mr. Brownstone? I'm like, no. He just like, puts it on, like, fuck yes. Like, <laughs> get me some of that, like, rock and fucking roll. <laughs> See, that sounds better than you know, the, the trends that some of my friends were into. Like, I had one friend who really tried to get me into, like, um, at the time, it was. Uh, I guess late 2000s or early 2010s and he really wanted to get me into like radio hard rock which he called I guess I don't know if this is just him but he called it Octane as if like that was the name of the genre which is like that just sounds like a super douchey genre (laughs) that's a very fitting name though no I was gonna say like it made a lot of sense and I was like what's Octane then when he described it I was like oh you know what I can I can see that yeah we're we're Um, talking like post-grunge like like theory of a dead man and like um uh god there's so many of them right puddle of mud yeah exactly. um oh god all those guys actually okay i i have an embarrassing story to tell that that shows how much of an elitist asshole i am all right let's um, do it. so i i was briefly online dating uh for the last few weeks and uh i i met i was talking to this girl and you know she's like i'm like oh what do you listen to and she's like oh, i love rock and metal and i'm like nice you know and like like what like what type and i'm like and she he's like she's like oh you know uh avenge sevenfold and disturbed and i'm like oh, oh. <laughs> just like like I, I i i didn't really say anything but like you know i just like i i i feel like a douchebag like just thinking that but like at the same time i'm like like and then she goes on she's like oh yeah you know like scream is like you know one of those songs that like brings chills to me every time i listen to it i'm like the the avenge sevenfold song scream it's like yeah <laughs> like in like like nightmare and like i'm like oh <laughs> just oh like, yeah, i could just hear that like oh no oh yeah no. i mean I, like like in, in my mind i'm saying all this but I, i'm trying to like kind of keep it positive because i'm just like oh no just like why I, like it's interesting because you know sometimes i think you know the, the the notions like you said like am i an elitist like am i wrong and there was a thread i was coming on the other day where it's like what, what are um bands with you know bad or mediocre music but great vocalists and for me the first first band that came to mind was disturbed like i i think draymond is a, is a good singer um, yeah. like i think he's he's talented he has some good lines uh and i was like you know what but like is the music really that bad so i I re-listened to like the greatest hits like like what i remember being some of my um favorite songs uh and yeah some of the again i don't think it's bad but some of like the the chord progressions and like the riffs are extraordinarily basic like just really really unimpressive like yeah i i I mean look I, i i have uh both Disturbed songs and Avenged Sevenfold songs on, like, my favorites playlist. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I'm not going to say, like, I, I am, like, you know, that elitist who, like, won't listen to them for, like, the life of me. It's it, it's more just, like, like to call that your favorite band is, like, I, it, it's, it's more like it sort of shows uh not exactly like the level where you're at but, like, sort of what music, maybe what music means to you in a way. Yeah. And, like, 
you know that i think for that for that person it was kind of like a niche thing almost that it's like oh i like these bands you know and, and like that just kind explore. of that, that kind of suffices because yeah. I, yeah, I, I i refuse to believe that people who i mean maybe i feel like they like what they like you know like, like my, my parents for example they have pretty much the same you know there maybe a couple songs get added every year but they have like you know a core playlist a core set of albums that they listen to and then they're just oh yeah like, but my, my parents are the same one yeah i, I mean it's 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 everyone has that with with a certain type of media i i have some some friends who are are super super into actually you know i was hanging out with a friend last night who um is super super into you know contemporary tv like like all the the yeah. all the series that like you're supposed to watch or whatever you could like you know go into detail about like Breaking Bad and stuff like that, um, but you know, like that's that's not really my thing. But then, you know, in the background, we had football on, and I started like talking about a play, and he was just like, "Uh huh, yeah." Uh-huh. Like, and yeah. again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's people, you know, people. Yeah, either it's, they're it's, not. It's, it's just having a taste. Yeah, they're not you know? interested in a specific thing, or they only go so like to them, like it's you know the idea of doing what we do, where we like will score CD shelves or go online, you know, Bandcamp and find new music. It's probably they would rather gouge their eyes out. You know, and it's kind of yeah. kind of the same thing for me. Like I, you know, people who love clothes shopping and love their wardrobe. Whereas me, like I like going to Old Navy a couple times a year, stocking up. I'm good. Like it's not like <laughs> See, the, I, I don't even like doing that. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, exactly. It's like different flavors, but yeah, like the idea of like extent, you know, extensively spending so much time like getting dressed in, in the morning and like looking, you know, looking for specific outfits, like I, kill me, kill me now. Yeah, like, I can't it, it's. Even. I, I, I think just to go back to this person, it, it's I, I'm I don't want to shit on this person, and I'm not trying to like make a joke at their expense. It, it, it's more like there's there's a difference in sort of, you know, what music means to you. I guess yeah. you know, and it's just like I, I think also when you say like oh I like rock and metal, like when you when you say metal specifically, like I I don't know, like for me when I hear the word metal, I think oh you know you're listening to I don't know like opeth blood incantation like you know like extreme metal behemoth you know like like you 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 listen like even lamb of god like you know just something that's like you know that 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 the kitties shouldn't listen to because that they'll they'll get influenced and start worshiping satan (laughs) no and, and i think that's um it is really interesting how people just kind of like, 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 do you, what is, do you remember watching the Cleveland show? Um, yeah, way I, back I in the day. Times, yeah. Well, because they they have this episode where like one of the um, one of the, one of the minor characters gets involved with this girl who's voiced by Fergie. Um, but they're like, oh yeah, like so. Do you listen to music? Oh man, I love music. You ever heard of that band, the Beatles? Oh yeah, I got like a whole album of theirs in my car. <laughs> 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 Just like. Like, like, I, I, I'm such, like, I, I am very much, like, kind of a judgmental asshole when it comes to dating, because, like, when, when people say, oh, yeah, I listen to music, I'm just like, okay, what does that mean? They're like, oh, I love all music. Okay. But, like, so, uh, let, let's, let's put on this Mersbow album. <laughs> I know. Uh, or I've seen a meme like that, like, do you like, oh, I love music, like, I listen to all genres. Really? Like, what's your, what's your favorite noise jazz album? Like, what's your favorite grindcore album? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Tell uh, me what 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 what's your favorite? Uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like Anthony Braxton solo project. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think for, to them that there's uh, uh, like just some people. And I, I'm not gonna be able to say this without sounding like an elitist, but I feel like you know. Oh, I mean, they, but we've already proven I, ourselves we, to we, be yeah, jackasses. We have, we've kind of gotten past that point, yeah. but it's just you know, people. Like that, they have the albums they like. They kind of get into that groove, and like that's fine. Because I, I truly believe if people went to the lengths we did, or we were as interested in music as we were, they would they would just would not they wouldn't be satiated by, you know, like if their exposure to metal being, you know, avenged sevenfold and disturbed. Like to me, I I always wanted more. Like I I just I I did not want to stop there. Like you know, I didn't get like black metal or more like extreme forms of death metal or whatever like right off the bat but i wanted to get there like i just, I didn't want to just have you know just listen to deathcore i mean even when I, I like i was in the peak of my like metalcore deathcore phase um i knew I mean, this might sound pretentious but again we're already past that point like i knew i was wrong <laughs> 
Like I knew, and like <laughs> e- even today, I genuinely believe that like from like a, just a technical compositional standpoint, deathcore is worse than death metal. Like just like most of the, like the riffs, the song structures, uh, the way that I mean, it's it, it's definitely like you know watered down, but I mean, like I I think that's just like a kind of like a natural outcome of any genre. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, just I mean, if you want a better example, look at rap <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but the thing is, you could look at pretty much any genre and see, like, you know, like, even classical music, because, like, you know, people think of, like, you know, cinematic scores as, like, kind of watered-down classical, and in a way, it kind of is. Uh, because, you know, it's it's sort of, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's almost like you're, um, it's like you're writing a book, but you only write the climaxes in the book yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, it, and ultimately that was, um, like, I couldn't place it at first, but that was ultimately what, you know, I realized was missing from Deathcore for me. It just, it, it centered around the break, like, it centered around the, you know, like, the dessert, not the dinner. Like, and, and ultimately, yeah. like, I think the way I thought of it at first is I liked listening to death metal albums more, but I appreciate, like, it just Deathcore had higher highs for me. But then after, like... As I listen to a deathcore, I don't think I ever I think there are like maybe I kind of one hand the the deathcore albums that I actually finish, like I can actually listen to in full. Whereas usually yeah. I, would, I would like list start listening to it, then like skip to the highlights and be like, all right, I'm all set. Just because like because <laughs> like there's no because it it all rev- like when your whole genre rev- revolves around like the climax, you know, it revolves around like that peak moment. Um, it, it depends on that moment being well written. And with the breakdown, like if if they're boring or they don't they don't hit, like you're building up towards this you know this release and then it sucks. It's like oh, okay. I I would argue that it if it doesn't let like it's not well written if it doesn't have any contrast, frankly. Well, and, like, and that's that's definitely another part of it. Yeah, that when you're just it, constantly, it, yeah. Like I I know for me like you know uh, like like an album like Covenant you know I I think it's a great album but it's not one of my favorite death metal albums because you know I, on the whole like sort of the contrast isn't as there for me as I would like it you know as opposed to like uh you know listen to like Blood Incantation you know or something like that that just you know has the ability to sort of uh, take different moments or actually you know, horrendous as Idol uh, is probably the best example that mm-hmm. just like they're willing to sort of take these strange excursions into different territory and then bring it back into really cool ways. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, Gorguts does the same thing, you know, like, and maybe that's just me. I just like avant-garde metal or like, you know, more experimentally tinged metal, but like, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's, you know, you can't have a Valley without, you know, a mountain, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause it's just, it's the, like the whole, um, and I think what really helped me turn the the corner of that was specifically uh, Symphonies of Sickness by Carcass and yeah. um, None So Vile by Cryptopsy. Because there are uh, two or three, I haven't listened to those albums for a while, but specifically like there are a couple of breakdowns that come to mind on both those albums where I remember on Symphonies of Sickness specifically, it's like the third or fourth track in where it's like the first breakdown and it just feels so much heavier than it would if like every track had a breakdown like you're listening to like several tracks of just really like ripping grotesque death metal and suddenly you just have this really heavy intense breakdown and it's like holy shit like i want to i want to fucking break something right now yeah oh yeah the, like they, the, that's part of what made the de- like deftones such a big band for me was that like they were able to combine you know really like soft really like out there for its genre music mm-hmm you know, with some really, really nice metal, you know, and like, you know, at that time, I had never really listened to anything like really soft or like melodic or like even like something that is more like minor key and sad sounding, you know, so like it was, it was a big, you know, eye-opening moment for me because like I think from then I was like able to get into bands and like acts that, you know, had more of a melancholy type of tone because I, I mean, I remember there was a time that I would not listen to any song that was sad sounding mm-hmm. because I didn't want to feel sad myself. <laughs> yeah. like, like, like even like a, it, it, this is strange. 
uh, pull, but like even Drive, the Incubus song, like I, I really couldn't listen to that because it was just like kind of like a sad song to me. Um, Interesting. Like e- even now, th- there are certain songs that like I just can't listen to, uh, but they're very few and far between nowadays. Um, and it's I, I enjoy them more. Like for instance, like that that second song off of Pink Moon. I, I can never remember the name of it, but like that song always gets to me whenever I hear it. Uh, but like I, I love listening to that album. So oh, we uh, we actually I had that on uh, over the weekend. Pink Moon. Um, yeah, and uh. it's it's such a it's one of those albums where I maybe this is awful to say, but. Um, uh, and just like I don't hopefully sound like too offensive or sounds too too insensitive, but like even if you, I you, even you you can kind of hear like the gun in his mouth almost yeah the, uh, yeah I mean yeah. That, that's a that's a straightforward way to say it but just, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I I just felt like the first even if I didn't like I knew before I listened to him that he had committed suicide but even if I hadn't listened to that I was like pretty sure this guy killed himself like you just like yeah. you, you're listening to it you're like this guy had some some demons but I, oh, I the mean, place to be is is the track I'm talking about yeah. by the way. Um, but I mean, yeah. that's such a good album. Like, I love it. You know, it's it's one of those things. I I think one might view that as like sort of an insensitive way to look at it, but like I personally view it as like almost like a compliment. If it's to just, him. If, it feels so just, genuine, just, it's just so yeah, exactly. Like you know, to be able to put forward that in your music so well is a talent. I think you know, and even though I think. You know, maybe it was it exemplified something that you know need not have happened if you know he had maybe gotten you know some help or you know had someone who could help him with you know the issues he was struggling with. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's just it's more like just like you know we, we we've talked about um, oh a crow looked at me like how you know just like it's like impossible to listen to that album without just like wanting to sob. But just yeah. like the the ability to do that is is just like, you know, you you don't come across that a lot, you know, especially in an age where you know it feels like half of the songs are these like tactless political tracks that you know have no like depth to them, you know, it's it, like to to be able to really kind of like search your soul within a piece of music is I I think just you know something so rare and it's just it's a, it's a beautiful gift even though you know i think a lot of times it comes at it like a really dark price mm-hmm. um you know like the, do you remember that um i want to say it was um blind billy johnson i think that um that one song that it's it oh it, it's called um cold in the ground i think if i remember right uh, I'm gonna look it up now, but find um, Willie Johnson. Uh, but, 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 yeah, "Dark Was the Night, Cold Was the Ground" by Blind Willie Johnson. Uh, it, it has it's like this old, old, like blues song from like the 20s that is on the uh, Voyager record that's like in space. But just like listening to that, like you can really feel just like the life of a man who was just like destroyed yeah. in a way like you know and i think if i remember right he was like blind by his like or like there's a story that you know his his stepmother uh threw lie in his face oh, and blinded him yeah like things like that like so it's you know i i i like to view art like that as just like you know and th- th- this might be a little kind of blase you know to kind of put it this like succinctly but like it's kind of making the best out of a bad situation and i i don't know i i just i like that yeah absolutely i totally get where you're coming from yeah um all right well we're, we're at an hour and three minutes so um you want to call this a, to a close yeah i feel like we had a really nice conversation that you know <laughs> in, in some in some ways kind of circle back on topics we mentioned earlier yeah, in the episode. Yeah, and hopefully we weren't too mean, but... <laughs> no, I mean, this is a, this is a, a safe Mr. place. Mr. Bungle, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I, mean, I think that yeah. this is a, a safe place to discuss 
various topics. <laughs> this is where I take her. This is a safe place, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> where you can you can shit on Mr. Bungle. You can sh- you can <laughs> you can shit on any crappy band you want to. <laughs> it also really stinks because I um I actually really like that the logo, like the bunny logo that they have. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, it's a cool cover because uh, if there is a weak spot for Mr. Bungle, their covers are not like not my favorite. So I was like, the, hey. I, I like the Disco Volante album cover. Yeah, that one's kind of cool. But the, the, I mean, California. Yeah, but, but I I, the, I like really disturbing album covers. Yeah. So that 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 just works for me. Uh, um, for me, their debut. Uh, there it's, it's, it's fucking creepy. It's creepy, <laughs> but there are like on the on the the insert, there are more interesting clowns. That, like, I think, I think, I think what it made Wait, for... Is, is, is the cover, is that thing on the cover a clown? Or is it supposed to be a clown? Uh, I think it's supposed to. I mean, like, the the insert, it's a bunch, it's like, you know, carnival theme type of because, stuff. Because, like, so. do you remember that, um, that acid bath, uh, album with, when the Kai string pops? Yeah, where they, that, they took from, he, um, uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's a better clown cover than Mr. Than the stuff yeah, that was exactly. Bungle. Because, like, I don't really necessarily have anything wrong with the cover itself, but just that when you open it up, you're like, wow, like, some of these clowns would have made a much more, like, yeah. like appealing. Or, like, I, I, ICP, just take any ICP album. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, or, and then obviously, uh, California. I mean, it fits the music, but, like, it's, it's kind of like a kind of whatever cover. I, I mean, so. it, it, it fits, like, some of the songs, like Pink Cigarette. Is, yeah. is, is is like a good like theme for that cover but like yeah they it really like i think part of it is just like no album cover is going to be able to kind of express yeah. like the like fathoms of that music yeah that's that's like, that's it, a very it, like, good point unless you're naked city and like you know they just use straight up just photos of dead bodies yeah. and like people in bondage and, so. and, and, and that kind of fit, that feels right yeah that, that just fits <laughs> Um, Dead bodies feel right. <laughs> you heard it here first. You, you yeah, confirmed. Oh, okay, I, I think we need to get out of this before we really like you know open ourselves up to like you know like slander lawsuits. So <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks as always for listening. Bye right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod- Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, We're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.